Today on the Good Word, we're talking about exchanges, trades, and value. A friend of mine wanted to test her brother. They were young and were normal siblings, so she got out her shiniest pennies, and he got out his coins too. She offered him a deal she knew he would take: her shiny copper pennies for his tiny, boring dimes. Luckily for the brother, their dad caught them before any trades could be made, and he took the chance to teach the little brother the relative value of each coin. We are presented with trades, deals, and opportunities to exchange one thing for another every day. It's important to figure out which of these are to our advantage. Is what we're getting in return worth what we're giving up? Before he was miraculously converted to the gospel and became a missionary, Paul the apostle was well respected with high status in both the Jewish and the Roman world—a rarity in his days. He was, in his own words, an Hebrew of the Hebrews. With his conversion, he lost nearly all this status and respect, but gained something more valuable. Paul describes his experience in Philippians three, but what things were gain to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Compared to everything he gained in coming to the knowledge of Christ, his loss meant little to Paul. He considered everything he had before as comparable to dung. Despite all the comfort and prominence they brought, they were worth less than nothing in comparison to what he found in Jesus. Paul's sacrifice to gain all the gospel offered wasn't over in an instant. His trials and service lasted the rest of his life, but he knew his reward was more than worth it, as it was not temporary but eternal. As followers of the same God, we have the chance to receive the same reward, and it requires a similar sacrifice. Elder Robert C. Gay explains just what kind of a deal we're making with the Lord. When we answer his call to come, follow me. This is the exchange the Savior is asking of us. We are to give up all our sins, big or small, for the Father's reward of eternal life. We are to forget self-justifying stories, excuses, rationalizations, defense mechanisms, procrastinations, appearances, personal pride, judgmental thoughts, and doing things our way. We are to separate ourselves from all worldliness and take upon us the image of God in our countenances, brothers and sisters. Remember that this charge is more than just not doing bad things. With an engaged enemy, we must also act and not sit in thoughtless stupor. Taking upon the countenance of God means serving each other. There are sins of commission and sins of omission, and we are to rise above both. So. Back to the question before: Is it worth it? All the changes the Lord asks are those worth making. The offer He's put on the table is quite simple: He can give us everything if we become like Him. The gift of eternal life is incomparable to anything we can understand right now with our mortal and limited experience. 
Deciding whether or not to believe and follow the promises God gives to each of us is a personal decision. But in the end, one thing will be clear. The end is more than we can imagine, more than worth it, and more than a fair trade. And that's the good word.